common mistake that I see people make is overall when it comes to taxes is not having the right knowledge. So they don't know what they don't know, but that leads them to them making mistakes. So one of the main things, if we're talking about like W-2 employees, I think the main mistake that I think they make is not filling out their W-4 correctly. So their withholdings aren't correct. And so when it comes to tax time, either they withheld too much and they get a huge refund and then they're excited. But what that huge refund means is that basically the government had their money for the whole year. They had an interest-free loan and they're just giving them back their money. So not adjusting their withholdings to suit their situation. I think that's probably the biggest mistakes I see employees making when it comes to their taxes. And can you elaborate on what the W-4 form is? Yeah, so the W-4 form is going to be the form that you fill out when you start your career, your employment. So when that's what your employer is going to use to withhold your taxes. So as an employer, they're responsible for withholding your payroll taxes and submitting that to the government on your behalf. And so they use that W-4 to get the information they need. So back in the day, they used to have what we call exemptions. They used to put either zero or how many exemptions you had to put. Nowadays, they change the W-4 with the Trump taxes, uh, the tax reform that happened under the Trump administration, they changed the W-4 and then it's changed twice overall. And so now it's more about what your income sources are. And so you should be withholding a certain amount based on what your your income is. And so you fill out the W-4, but a lot of times people don't realize that they should be changing it at life changes. So if you have a baby, if you get married, these are all things that are going to trigger you completing a new W-4 at your job. And there's no amount of times that you can do it. Anytime something changes, you should probably complete a new W-4. So when the new tax reform happened the first time under Trump, um, a lot of people were taken off guard because they did not adjust their W-4s. And so when tax time came around, they, had, they were in for a surprise because their withholdings weren't sufficient in the case. So that's typically what the W-4 is. Wow, that's, that's quite interesting. So my next question, you know, being a tax law, you know, it changed and like the book is pretty heavy itself, you know, I'm sure it's like a lot of pages. Um, how can a individual, you know, an employee, you know, stay up to date? So, you know, when taxes do come, you know, it's much an easy, an easy transaction. Yeah, so the best thing I can suggest is to just keep try to have a tax professional that you trust, that you can reach out to them and you can see what has changed. Because for a long time, nothing really changed. Like your situation probably didn't change. And so you didn't think that you had to do anything. But tax reform happens and it's been happening a lot lately with the whole change of administration. There's a lot of changes that are happening. So if you don't know what's going on, my best advice is to speak to somebody who is keeping abreast, someone who has to follow all the changes so they have to know what's happening. If you are an employee and that's not your wheelhouse, you're not going to be keeping up to all the changes. But literally something just got signed, like put into new law under the Biden administration like a couple days ago. So that's going to have tax changes in, in itself. So it's just keeping up with everything. It's probably the best bet is to speak with a trusted professional that you trust and you know, just go to them with questions, see what is impacting your situation, what you should be aware of so that you're not caught off guard. That's great. Um, that's great. Uh, what I like to, like, in terms of, like, taxes or just information, like, I try to, like, myself 
try to understand myself a little bit. So I do go to a, a counselor or somebody who's more. And so I'm guessing how can someone get educated for themselves so they know the right questions to ask to the counselor so they know this is the right person for them to work with? Yeah, so that's a good question. So I like to tell people the irs.gov, that website was created for the taxpayer. That has all the information that you are possibly going to want to know. It's going to take a lot of digging because it is a government website, but all of the information that pertains to you as a taxpayer can be found at irs.gov. So you might want to go there and, you know, search things that might be applicable to your situation. So if you want to search like real estate and find out what has happened in the real estate world, if you own properties and you want to know about that, that effect. Um, as far as questions to ask tax professionals to find out if they're the right fit for you, depending on your situation, I would definitely ask questions on your industry, on your specifics. So if you have children and you want to know about the tax credit, the child tax credit, for example, find out if they work with people with children. Do they Are they aware of the changes that impact the child tax credit? So just ask specific questions that pertain to you to see how comfortable they are. Um, but don't be afraid to ask questions. I don't think there's anything wrong with you interviewing them, just like they should be interviewing you to find out if you guys are a good fit. That's great. That's great. Thank you for that. Now, at least my next question. Um, over the past year, a lot of people have become entrepreneurs or inspired to be entrepreneurs. And I realized that a lot of the content that's pushed out there and that is used to encourage you to become entrepreneurs, like the tax write-off. So I don't know if you could explain what is a tax write-off and how you should go about getting tax write-off. Yeah, so I like to tell people when it comes to being a small business owner, you have to realize that the tax code was written and it benefits business owners as opposed to employees. That is something that I want a lot of people to take note of and to re realize that they have the potential to get some of these tax benefits. One of the main tax benefits, like you said, that people are going to be talking about are going to be deductions. And so deductions are going to come in play because when you're an employee, you are paid your income, taxes are taken out, and then what comes home to you is after taxes, and that's what you can do with it. When you are now an employer, that paradigm kind of shifts. So you make income from selling your product or service, then you have deductions that apply against that, and then that net amount is what you're going to actually pay taxes on. And so because of that, you can imagine that if you have more deductions, your net amount is gonna be lower. So the taxes that you pay is gonna be assessed on a lower amount. So deductions are gonna be what's gonna reduce your revenue or what you make from selling your product or service. And that's gonna generate what's going to be known as net income. And that's what you're gonna pay tax on. So deductions, I want you to remember ordinary and necessary. So if it's ordinary and necessary for you to run your business and incur a profit in your business, then chances are it's a valid deduction. So you're not going to get a list from the IRS telling you what you should be writing off, but your industry specific is going to have certain expenses that you pay, certain expenses that you incur for you to generate a profit in your business that's going to be reasonable for you to write off. So if you're a hairstylist and you're in the beauty salon, you're going to have different expenses than me as an accountant. And like working from home as a CPA, I'm going to have different expenses. Um, so, you know, knowing what is reasonable for your industry, for your business, for you to incur a profit, um, that's going to be what's important. So, yeah, we're all going to have 
most likely advertising and marketing and accounting fees. But the salon is probably going to have a lot more shampoo orders and stuff like that, that they can write off validly in their business. Whereas I'm not going to have any of those deductions apply to my business. So it's really just about understanding your industry and what are you spending this money so that you can generate a profit in your business? And if so, then chances are it's a valid deduction for your business. That's, that's great. That's a great, that's a great explanation. I like the way you explained that. Thank <laughs> you. I truly do. Um, and being that said, you know, the tax code does benefit um, um, business owners or employers. Would you recommend people to have some sort of business you know, whereas, you know, owning properties or something so they can take advantage of this. Yeah, so I definitely think that in this day and age, and especially with the pandemic and everything happening with everything shutting down, people are realizing that having one source of income is probably not enough anymore. Um, times are changing, and now is when we have, we're, you know, fortunate to be able to live in a space where we can run businesses from online. We can do things without having to have a brick and mortar per se. And so that opens up the possibilities of what we can do to actually earn income. So I think not that everybody should have um, a side business, but I think it's something that everybody should look into seeing if it's something they, they can have because having a second source of income is not something I don't think it's, something that you might want to have. I think it's something that you might need to consider. That's, that's, that's great. That, that, you're right. You're right. You're definitely right. Um, another question I have, and I think it's also common, has been common in the past year also because a lot of people become entrepreneurs starting business, is the idea of um, whether LLC protects you or it gives you tax benefits. Um, so I don't know if you could like, go more into details of what an LLC is and how it should be used. Yeah, so a single member LLC, um, for the government purposes, it's what they call a disregarded entity. So what that means is for tax purposes, it's going to be treated the same way as a sole proprietorship. So that means it's going to be passed through on your personal tax return. It's going to be filed on what we call a Schedule C. That Schedule C is going to be reported on your regular 1040, and that's how that's going to be reported. So in terms of tax benefits, it's treated the same way whether you had a single-member LLC or whether you didn't. Um, what the LLC does, it's a limited liability company, and it's going to protect your personal assets from the business assets. And so it's going to grant you that separation of self from the business. And so it's going to give you the legal protection that you need provided that you do everything that you're supposed to in order to keep the two separate. So some things that people don't realize is that in order to keep them separate, you have to be separate the person from the business. And so commingling is something that you wanna get a grasp on right away because commingling, what that does is it's if you're paying for personal things with the business card, paying for the business stuff personal, you basically are not having a separation of self from the business. And so you basically are telling the world that you don't think the business is separate from you, which might not be a problem because there is something called sole proprietorship. That's where you do business as yourself. 
And so you don't separate yourself from the business in that sense. So there are certain instances where that happens. However, the issue comes into play is with risk. So should you be selling widgets and somebody gets hurt from your widget and litigation now comes into play, you now have opened up your personal assets to this whole litigation that it's open to you. And so that's why an LLC does protect you, but it has to be, you have to be following the rules to keep yourself separate from that single member LLC.